0: Hey listeners, we have a very rare opening for an associate sound designer mixer here at DeFacto Sound. That's my sound design studio and the studio behind 20,000 Hertz. To learn more, visit jobs.defactosound.com. This application window closes on May 22nd. Now, on to the show.
1: Donk, this is Pat. I'm sure you're not answering your phone right now. I read online that uh, Michelle Obama goofed and gave out your phone number inadvertently. I'm so sorry to hear that. I can't imagine what kind of a mess it's going to make for you, but I wanted to offer you my uh, sympathy and uh, wish there was something I could do to help, but obviously there's not. I don't even know what you're doing now that you're out of the White House, but uh, I'll try to talk to your mom and dad, and they'll fill me in, but I I just wish you my condolences and... uh, And I hope this thing passes over and doesn't create a a big fiasco for you. Love you, Dunk. Talk to you later. You're rolling right now. Um, In terms of a distance, is this like a good... You're
0: listening to 20,000 Hertz. I'm Dallas
1: Taylor. Give me a a tap. Um, Okay, cool. Hey, Dallas.
0: This is the story of what the internet sounds like when it comes to life.
1: Uh, I'm in the booth and we're recording.
0: That's my friend Duncan. He's a commercial film director. He and I randomly met through a mutual friend in the industry. Side note, this might be a good time to mention that I'm a sound designer, but you might've already picked up on that. Anyway, Duncan took a year and a half off from directing to work at the White House.
1: That building has something special with things like Veep and House of Cards and even just watching the news all day, you see images of this place almost every day, right? To be there in person, it's kind of uncanny.
0: Duncan was tasked with documenting the last year and a half of the Obama administration through film. In a nutshell, he followed around the president and vice president with a camera.
1: I had been working as a freelancer, and then all of a sudden I'm wearing a wool suit and a tie, black polished shoes, and I have a desk. And so there were sort of the formalities of having a government desk job, even though mine was probably the least Desky of all jobs you could have at the White House. You're walking down the West Colonnade in the West Wing. These are images from history. JFK walking down the West Colonnade. You see world leaders walking down these hallways and photos in the Oval Office or in the West Wing. I'm here now. How did this happen?
0: So how does a commercial director end up in the White House? Well, Duncan originally got involved in politics by volunteering for the Iowa caucus back in 2008. This later led him into an internship with the photography department under Pete Souza, who was the chief White House photographer for both Reagan and Obama. After the internship, he went back to commercial directing, but the thought of public service kept nagging at him, so he eventually found himself back on staff under the video department. While it's easy to imagine being in awe of the history and importance of the White House, It's harder to imagine actually working there.
1: Everybody knows that it's an incredibly interesting and special experience, especially since it is one that's finite. You're soaking it in, but at the same time, there is so much important work to do that you can't really get caught up in thinking about, oh my God, I'm here right now. And so that starts to fade in the name of just doing your job. The beginning of me working at the White House, there was sort of this duality of boring bureaucracy, onboarding process, but the second week of work, I was flying on Air Force Two across the Atlantic to Ukraine with the vice president. My boss, I think he knew it was going to be like, sink or swim, let's throw you in real fast and see how you do.
0: Working at the White House can be an amazing opportunity and experience. Duncan was working around some of the most influential people in the world on a daily basis, but it was only
1: temporary. There's this adrenaline high that you have when you're there, and all of a sudden it's done and gone.
0: I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute that I will faithfully execute. The Office of President of the United States.
1: After inauguration, we all left the government, and I moved to Los Angeles. I was back working in my commercial directing career space. It was May, and it had been a couple months since I had left government, and I got this opportunity to fly to New York and help Michelle Obama and her team out for an event for College Shining Day.
0: But it's while Duncan was working on that project for the former first lady that something strange started to happen.
1: My phone's buzzing and I look up at it and it's some unknown phone number from Nebraska or something. And you're having a conversation with somebody, unknown phone number, it's like, press decline. And as soon as I press decline, there was another phone call. Then it's like, as soon as you press decline, another call's there. Florida, decline. Montana, decline. Illinois, California. Nevada, Maine, South Dakota, Ohio, Florida again, Russia, Iran, the U.K., Jamaica, Croatia.
0: As a preoccupied Duncan struggled to figure out why his phone was blowing up, one of his colleagues tried to get his attention.
1: Hey, dude, uh, we're talking because I was staring at my phone baffled, and I'm just like tapping, like tap, 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 tap. Immediately, I just try to get my phone on airplane mode because it is like every second there's 12 calls coming in. Your voice mailbox immediately fills up. All of a sudden you look at your text messages and it's all of these people sending messages that sometimes don't even make sense.
0: Duncan had no clue what was happening. Did his phone get hacked? Why is he getting calls from all over the world? All he knows is it's probably not good.
1: I'm trying to be calm and I'm also there to do a job, but this is probably really serious. So at some point somebody says, oh God, Duncan's number just got tweeted out on Michelle's account with 7.6 million followers. And then everything clicked. I didn't get hacked, I don't have a virus, just one of the most visible public figures in the world tweeted my phone number with zero context. I better brace myself.
0: So just how did Duncan's number get tweeted out on Michelle Obama's account?
1: Sometimes the First Lady and President Obama do write their own tweets and Facebook messages, and usually when they do that, they sign off M.O. or B.O. In this case, running the Twitter was just a part of the general staff operation. We were all there to support the First Lady and what she was doing that day, and we're exchanging photos and Snapchats and boomerangs and phone numbers, and in that process, my phone number ended up accidentally tweeted on Michelle Obama's account. She didn't do it. It was just sort of like a part of this process, and so she was unaware in the moment that all of this happened.
0: With a single tweet, Duncan's cell phone number was shared with millions of users throughout the Twitterverse. Imagine your phone number appearing on the social media account of one of the most public figures in the world, even for just a few minutes. What would that be like?
1: People are curious. They want to know what that is. People make goofs on the internet all day, and especially people that are high profile. Things happen. It's like Sean Spicer tweeting out what was maybe his Twitter password. Or Kofifi, that's a whole other thing. All of a sudden you look and there's just a phone number. That's it. Is it a code to something? What is this? What are people going to do? They're going to call it. If you looked at Twitter on that day, there was so many crazy thoughts and ideas and conspiracies about what this was.
0: The internet loves a good mystery. And without any context surrounding the number, curious First Lady fans and trolls alike could hardly resist. Of course, Twitter trolls are usually constrained to a set number of characters on a single platform, but this was Duncan's real cell phone number, providing a portal beyond Twitter and the internet. As you can probably imagine, the texts and voicemails Duncan received were overwhelming. There were, of course, prank callers, as well as curious and nasty messages and nonsensical texts. But Duncan also received legitimate inquiries from national news organizations.
1: When you have news stories being written about you and there's New York Times reporters calling you and texting you, it's a crazy thing because I'm not a person that's in the public eye really ever to all of a sudden have your entire life thrust upon this global Internet stage. It's a complete loss of control. Reading a news article about yourself on the New York Times on a day when you did not expect anything even remotely like that ever happening, it's a jarring experience. New York Times headline, May 5th. Michelle Obama tweets phone number of former White House staff member. Any White House employee would likely appreciate a public shout-out from the former first lady, but this probably wasn't what Duncan Wolf had in mind. Yeah, that's for sure.
0: At first glance, this might just seem like a humorous accident, but for Duncan, it became much more than that. It was an invasion of privacy and a shocking loss of control.
1: That day, I basically just threw my phone into airplane mode and do not disturb. That night, I went out with my friends. I tried to have a drink and calm down, but I remember getting up into my hotel room and the door shutting and feeling isolated in a way that I had never felt before the control that was just stolen from my life for a moment and in such an aggressive and big way. This is the kind of thing that nobody else in my life has experienced this. And so there's almost no touch point for anybody to say, hey man, I get it, I've been there. A lot of my friends thought it was funny and I get why they thought it was funny because they also just didn't quite realize the impact that something like this could have on your psyche. And meanwhile, I realized that my mailbox is full. What if I leaned in a little bit and just listened to what some of these people had to say, read some of these text messages?
0: And we're going to play some of those voicemails and text messages in just a minute. It's hard to imagine that life outside the White House could be even more stressful than life inside. But for Duncan, the fallout from an inadvertent tweet from Michelle Obama's Twitter account was just the beginning. The day after it happened, Duncan went to do the one thing everyone was telling him to do, change his phone number. So he called up his service provider.
1: You want to like explain yourself to them, but they don't really care. They're just like, okay, you want a new phone number? Okay, you don't get to pick your phone number. They offer you up three phone numbers and then presented with a choice of a new phone number, It's like that's the only phone number I've ever had since when I got a cell phone in like high school when I got a car so that I could keep in touch with my parents. I never thought I'd have an attachment to my phone number, but presented with these options, I sort of balked. And I was like, oh man, I'm not sure I'm ready to do this.
0: In a way, our cell phone numbers have become part of our identity, kind of like a social security number. So if Duncan decided to keep his cell phone number, he was gonna have to come to terms with his newfound cellular celebrity.
1: I was starting to come over the hump about realizing that it was maybe really interesting to have all of these voicemails and text messages. This is such a weird thing that happened to me. What if I leaned in a little bit and just listened to what some of these people had to say, read some of these text messages, because it says something really interesting and unique about the time we're living in, and maybe I could make some interesting art project with all of this material, or maybe I can talk about it on a podcast about sound.
0: Duncan tried to make the best of a bad situation by approaching it with a sense of curiosity. Who were these people calling him? What were they saying? And why did they want to contact a number randomly tweeted out on the internet?
1: So many different kinds of people called me. Certainly I had folks that were not politically aligned with me.
0: And no good rotten traitor.
1: Aim, give me a call, you but also weird stuff, too. There's one of the guy, he has a little soundboard of Obama reading the narration for one of his books, but like cut up in a way that makes the president sound stupid or weird or something.
0: Because I think you're getting right at my point here. You've lost your way, brother. You don't understand. You have some good ideas.
1: Some people took it really seriously. Some of them were funny. I'm
0: pretty sure it was Barack Obama. Oh, shoot. Sure. Someone you called and was like, Sorry, right
1: now. And then sometimes it's some kids at what seems to be like a slumber party and they're like prank calling me. That's what I wanted to do. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry. actually answered it and I was like, nope. I'm not a creepy stalker.
0: Duncan receives so many calls from unknown numbers that one literally came in while I was interviewing him five months after the tweet. I don't, you
1: can, I don't know if you can hear it. I'm getting a phone call from Take it. Hackensack, New Jersey. All right, hold on. I'm going to... Here, I'll call you right back. One second.
0: Okay, I'll be here. Hello?
1: Hello? 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 Yep. Who's yes. who's this? Hello? Arr,
0: <coughs> Did they hang up?
1: Uh, so... <laughs> It was a guy that was like, hello, hello? And then he just goes, arrrr, matey, like a pirate. (laughs) And then hung up. You know what I mean? So, like, oh, he's calling back again right now. See, this is the thing. It's like, you do want to engage with people, but I don't really want to be fueling a bunch of trolls by picking up and letting them know that, like, I am available to be harassed. That's what happens when you pick up the phone and you do engage. (laughs)
0: Even after Duncan started listening to the voice messages, it still didn't answer all of his questions. Why would someone be motivated to call a random number tweeted out by a celebrity? He dove in a bit deeper to find out.
1: This was when I was starting to become interested in, like, who these people are, why are they calling, what's their motivation, what is this really? So this guy called me, and then I didn't pick up. Well, let's call this guy back. Yeah, who is this? Well, you you called me, so. I called a lot of people. I don't know who I know. Um, my, my name's Duncan, and you, you, called me, you called me about an hour ago. He was playing as if he doesn't know that I have thousands of calls coming in, and it's so obvious why he called me. And then I got to sort of interrogate him for a second in like a casual way. And you, you, you called me about an hour what ago. What do you do know? Because I run, I, run a, I run a organization, I call a, I call a lot of people, so throughout their hours. What, what do you do for a What's your job? What's my job? Why is that relevant? It takes like 10 minutes, but then he caves and he reveals it all to me. I'm just, I'm just sitting with the computer reading through the news. Oh, somebody, Michelle Obama, oh, she's probably making a documentary about herself, about her family, because she tweeted out a phone number about the stakeholders. So it's like the same not, Let me call it. Let me see what I get to if I call it. I
0: was just curious how you would uh, respond to such a thing.
1: The more and more we talked about it, the more and more he started to realize that, like, oh, me, Duncan, I'm a human. This caused a lot of stress, and he started to feel bad. And at the end of it, he was apologetic, and he was even offering to buy me dinner. I, I hope you forgive me. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not angry at all. I'm, like, I'm honestly just curious. And, I mean, what you just said is really interesting to me. It's just like— I'm you, it's not even nice. It's not even nice what I did. That's why at the beginning of the phone, I felt bad what I did. That's why I was trying to twist it, that I— It was nice. We actually ended up having this real conversation.
0: In addition to the countless calls and voice messages Duncan received, he also got a huge amount of texts.
1: Two days ago, just a text message from 980 area code. Michelle, comma, baby, comma, is this you? And a lot of them don't make sense. Like, hi, next message, hi, next message, you Obama, next message, you Obama. 585 area code, are you friends with Michelle Obama? 206 area code, hi, I hate your husband Obama. Obama spelled O-B-O-M-A. 571 area code, you're cool AF! I wish former first lady gave my number away. Can't wait for prom, see you there, smiley face. JK, that was stupid, if so, sorry. Will you please send me photos of the Obamas? Specifically Barack from 408 area code here's the one from my local news station growing up hey there i work at kck channel 5 in st louis we saw michelle obama tweeted just your phone number out a little bit ago we want to see what your day has been like since then also delightful text messages like this one from 619 area code that says i'm taking a poop like you uh okay
0: Despite the curious content of some of these messages that people were sending to Duncan's phone, the sheer volume makes it clear that lots of people were fascinated by the tweet. What is it about events like this that inspire people to reach out?
1: It all depends on how people viewed the number and what they thought that number was. And it almost has nothing to do with me. It has more to do with people wanting to feel like they're a part of something. All of a sudden, through this tweet and my phone number... It allows people to feel like they have a connection to this celebrity figure. Even though most of them probably do know that voicemail is not going to be listened to by the first lady, it still lets them participate in this cultural internet process.
0: Duncan's experience speaks to the awesome power and challenges that come from the internet age. One tweet, nothing more than a quick accident, was enough to set off thousands of calls and texts from strangers around the world. It also inspired news organizations to dig into every detail of Duncan's life. Unfortunately, Duncan's story also illustrates the darker sides that are revealed from the anonymous nature of the internet.
1: I feel like I received the full force of 2017 internet shaming culture, but I didn't do anything wrong or bad. I just was this phone number. It was received in ultimately a fairly benign way. This whole thing has been like this really crazy and unrepeatable social experiment.
0: Despite being harassed and a loss of privacy, Duncan still remains fascinated by the whole experience. And while the amount of calls and texts he receives have slowed down pretty significantly, he still receives them every single day.
1: My number's out there in this thing, and you'd think five months later people would stop calling and stop texting, and certainly they've slowed down. It's maybe like a call or two a day, but sometimes it's more and sometimes it's less, but it's still happening. So it seems like this plateau that I've hit is kind of just my new normal, and I just need to get used to it.
0: And while Duncan had no control over his situation in the beginning, the decision on how long this social experiment continues is completely up to him.
1: Something about this whole process has been immensely interesting for me. What happened to me hasn't really happened to anybody else in this kind of way before, and so I'm feeling like as much as it really was terrible for me, it's also like a privilege to be this vessel through which this weird experiment can happen, and I'm yet unwilling to just stop it. So as soon as it becomes unbearable, it's as easy as changing my phone number.
0: 20,000 Hertz is produced out of the studios of DeFacto Sound, a sound design team dedicated to making television, film, and games sound incredible. Find out more at DeFactoSound.com.
1: This episode was written and produced by Jim McNulty.
0: And me, Dallas Taylor. With help from Sam Sneebly. It
1: was edited, sound
0: designed, and mixed by Con DeVarney. Huge thanks to Duncan Wolfe for sharing his story. And thanks to his phone number for making it all possible. Also, Duncan is an incredible commercial director, and you should definitely take a moment to check out his work. You can find that at DuncanWolf, that's Wolf with an E, dot com. Also, after hearing his story, if you decide to call or text Duncan, at least make it entertaining. Oh, and be nice. The incredible music in this episode is from our friends at Musicbed. They represent more than 650 great artists, ranging from indie rock and hip hop to classical and electronic. You can also head over to music.20k.org to hear our exclusive playlist. You can find us all over the internet by searching 20,000 Hertz. That's 20,000 Hertz all spelled out. We'd also love to hear from you. You can email us at hi at 20k.org to say hello, give us a show idea, or to share your thoughts. Thanks for listening.